0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today's topic are the Ten Commandments. Grab a cup of coffee or tea, strap on those running shoes, or pick up your knitting needles and join us. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo, and I serve at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And
1: I'm Don Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, Ten Commandments. Before we get to what they are individually, where
0: do you find them? You find them in the scripture... Mm-hmm. So in the Bible, in the Hebrew section, which is the first section, in the book of Exodus. We're talking Old Testament stuff here. Yep. Okay. Book of Exodus, chapter 20. Okay. Do you know like what's happening? People might be thinking of like a movie maybe where they've seen the Ten I Commandments I think the featured. movie has come up a few times.
1: <laughs> Doesn't it get regularly shown around Easter? I think it does. Okay. And I'll admit, even though I think I own it. Nice.
0: Never watched. Don't watch
1: it. <laughs> I haven't
0: watched it.
1: It's probably been a long time. Have a hard time with Charlton Heston these days. I've seen The Prince of Egypt. There you go. That's a good
0: one. Okay. He gets The Ten Commandments at the end of Prince of Egypt. Duly noted. So that one's not bad as far as animation goes. And the music is brilliant. Okay. So The Ten Commandments, Old Testament. Mm-hmm.
1: To Moses, correct? Correct. Spot on. And he's up on a
0: mountain. Yeah. And
1: God says, here are the Ten Commandments. Follow them.
0: Yes. Gives them to the Gives them to Moses on a tablet. Moses comes back down. He's been up there for quite a while. Okay. And he comes back down and he finds the people of Israel who have given up on him because he's been gone for so long. And that's okay. when they make the golden calf
1: uh-huh right. which is not good no moses is, i'm gets guessing why the very first one is don't put any other gods before me
0: well and there's a whole lot of reason why there's pretty big anger that they've done this whole calf thing mm-hmm. and moses throws a little bit of a hissy fit and throws the <laughs> throws, throws the, the mini tanti, huh? he throws a mini tantrum throws the tablets on the ground they break nice and then a lot of people die that's not so nice And then he goes back up and he gets another set, which I think is a little different than like, hey, could you just retext that to me? A little different than just resending the attachment. But he gets another set of the law, another set of the tablets, and comes back down and we have the Ten Commandments. Huh. So they are from God. They are these ten things that we need to pay attention to. And...
1: So basically, these Ten Commandments come from God to Moses, and they're for everybody mm-hmm and the first time that he got them, the people were not expecting him to come back. they were living it up, yeah, they were partying. I would expect the Ten Commandments the first time around to be different from the Ten Commandments second time around, but same they're thing. both the same mm-hmm, okay same thing. all right, so. Let's get into what they are individually and hopefully we can unpack this a little better. All right. So number 1 on the
0: list. Do you want to go through these individually 1 through 10 or do you want to like read through them all and then talk about them as a set? Let's go through them individually. Ooh. All right. So you're going to hear like paper rustling just to make sure that I have everything accurate. And there is a little bit of difference between some in how they number them. I'm using Martin Luther's small catechism to go through this. Is it a translation thing? It's a translation thing, and it's an interpretation kind of a thing. And so you'll see why kind of as we get to the bottom ones, there's some areas where you could split them differently. Okay. But I'm using Martin Luther's small catechism. So Luther realized that people did not actually have the basics of the faith, the tenets of the faith, easily accessible. And he wrote The Small Catechism, which is like a small book that could be used by parish pastors and families in their homes to understand the basic tenets of our faith. Okay. It included the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, kind of some of the really basic things so people could understand mm, without having to have someone tell you what we believe that you could access it yourself. So he wrote the small catechism. It has been a mainstay for 500 years. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole podcast on that itself. There we go. Then he wrote the large catechism, which was for parish priests to go a little bit deeper okay. into the basics of the faith who may not have access to lots of education and conversation. So I'm just pulling from the small catechism simply because it's a way to pull it and know that I have it. So if anyone's wondering what it is, where I'm pulling from, that's where. The first commandment is you shall have no other gods.
1: Okay. It's not just a polytheistic holdover. I mean, it seems obvious where he's going with that. Right. In
0: this kind of a situation, yes, it's because it was a polytheistic environment you know, there was an entire pantheon of Greek and Roman gods. So to say that I am God and there are no other gods aside from me, is a big statement. And mm-hmm. to hold to that, you can see throughout the entire Hebrew scriptures where the people of faith and the people of God are working hard to keep that. And when they are told that they need to bow down to a Roman God or they need to bow down to... A Roman leader, that's when their faith is tested and they do things like end up in fiery furnaces mm. or lion's dens or those kinds of situations where because they have remained faithful to the one and only God, then they are saved miraculously from this horrible situation.
1: Now, I've also heard modern interpretations of this to be things like money being the God that you should not hold. hmm is and that relevant? Is that right?
0: I think in some ways, sometimes that goes more towards idols. Okay. You will not have false idols. Okay. Rather than gods. I think that in this time period, and, and I could be wrong. These are my opinions. Sure. Right? So if there are other scholars out there who want to correct me, that's I'm totally okay with that. At the time, it was really about other gods Okay. and believing in Baal or believing in... Zeus or those kinds of Mm -hmm. situations, right? All those that we hear about in Greek and Roman mythology, that was something they were really fighting up against. Sure, Having a false idol, creating something that you worship in place of something else, that's another commandment Mm -hmm. later on. And so I think that that's more how we look at money. Okay. We don't expect it to be like creating things. We don't expect money to be an active force. It's something we control. Okay versus a god that we would expect to have more power than us and be able to change and affect the world. One of the things that Martin Luther does in his small catechism and we talked about this probably a little bit in that podcast is he always says what is this? Mhm. And then the answer comes back, we are to fear, love and trust God. blah 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 blah. And then kind of unpack what that says about it. So this one is we are to fear, love, and trust God above all things. Okay. And that's how Martin kind of played with it. And I'm not going to read all of Martin's explanations on these. That one seems pretty straightforward. But just to understand that the point of it is that God is God, and we're not going to think that there are a whole bunch of other ones. Mm -hmm. We're kind of holding on and trusting that God is creator. God is the one who made it all happen. All right. Number two. All right. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God. Is this where swearing comes from? I got to know. Be- <laughs> I don't know. Because forever
1: it has been the do not take the Lord's name in vain. Right. I don't know. I think that. God damn it, Amanda, you're supposed to know these things. <laughs> <laughs> and right now.
0: See? Right. Mm-hmm. I think it's one of those that you want to call on God when you're intentionally doing so. Okay. That's the way that I look at this one. Kind of like a crying wolf thing? No. Do it when you mean it. One of the things about the commandments is that I look at these. So here, like I'm going to set down the book and I'm going to get serious here for a moment. Okay. All right. And I could talk about one of my confirmation classes that I taught years and years and years ago. And what I did is I gave each student an assignment. They each had a commandment and they had to do presentation on it. And that was like part of their class structure. Uh huh. And so the student who was assigned you shall not kill came from a military family and tough, 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 tough question. Right. I hadn't realized the juxtaposition of that, the pairing of that, but I think the Holy spirit was involved in it. Right. Because it gave one of the most powerful conversations of my ministry and really a day that shifted how I look at the commandments intrinsically Mm -hmm. from this conversation with these students. So this student was presenting on you shall not kill. And he looked at me and said, pastor Amanda, what about soldiers? And are they breaking the law and can God not love them anymore? And it was one of those moments where you just sit down and you look at these preteen teenagers Mm -hmm. trying to make sense of faith and life and all the stuff. And so, well, let's actually think about that. We believe in a God of love. We believe in a God of grace. We believe that God's grace is sufficient for us even when ours is not. We believe that Jesus' actions are the ones that have justified us and saved us. We don't think that it's anything that we do that saves us. So if it's not our actions or our inactions that cause us to be saved or not saved, then what even is the point of the Ten Commandments? Mm-hmm. If this list of ten things that we do or don't do... And why would Martin Luther find them important? Right. What is the point of it? Mm-hmm. If, if we're justified by grace through faith, what do these ten even have to do with anything and why should we care anymore about these? And we got into a deeper discussion, and it also kind of paired up with you will not steal. I don't think that these 10 things are, if you do these 10 things, you are condemned and going to hell. Okay. Partially because I believe in hell, but I don't believe that it's something that God condemns us to. Okay. That could be another podcast. That will be another podcast. All right. But if that is not the case then what is the purpose of these 10 things that God has said, don't do these things? Here's something that you should do, like just love me, love God, right? But here's what you shouldn't do. And when we started to talk about what the effects are on ourselves and on other people when we do these 10 things. It's a civil society thing, isn't it? That's how it feels, right? God wants us to have, a joyful, productive, happy life within community. That's God's dream for us, that we would have peace, that we would have wholeness, that we would have community, that we would be able to build this world up. That's God's dream for us. And when we do these 10 things, that dream starts to fall apart. When a soldier kills... The ramifications on that soldier, yes, they may have saved hundreds of lives, but There's still a cost. There's a cost. And I don't know a single human being who has caused the death of another human being who hasn't had a cost that they have paid for that. And for good or for ill, no matter the balance, that cost is really high. Mm -hmm. And I think that God mourns for that We can get into a whole discussion about just war theory and whether or not killing one to save a million is just in the eyes of God and all of that kind of conversation. At the end of the day, when we're talking about one human being who's taken the life of another human being, there's a cost. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is what breaks God's heart. And that, I think, is where these commandments come in. When we steal from one another, when we long for what another person has, when we lie or say things about another person that are untruth, when we disrespect people, when we take advantage of people, all of that tears our society apart and tears our communities and breaks our relationships and causes pain. When we say God's name And speak of it flippantly and without Mm -hmm. reverence and without understanding that we're talking about something bigger and stronger than ourselves. We're tearing down some of the fabric of our society, of our culture. It doesn't create the peace and the hope that I think God wants for us. Does it mean that we're not loved when we break a commandment? Well, no, we're still loved. Does it mean we're not saved? No, we're still saved. Does it break down our society and keep us farther from the kingdom of God and the point in which everyone has enough and no one has too much and we don't have to be afraid all the time anymore, then, yeah, it does that. And so that, I think, is where these commandments come from, right? I don't think they come from this divine, bearded, white dude from a cloud who says, Children? don't you steal from one another now Mm -hmm. like uh, that don't take advantage of each other. Don't take money from someone who may or may not have money to give. Don't long for something that isn't yours, because if you're longing for something that isn't yours, if you're coveting your neighbor's wife or donkey or house, as it says in our scripture, Mm -hmm. if you're longing for what you don't have, are you really paying attention to what you do? Oh, not even remotely. Right? And all of these things, these 10 basic concepts, kind of come down to the core. That when you commit adultery, you break something. It causes harm to someone that you love dearly. And it causes harm within you that you have broken a covenant. And so when we do these things, it's harmful to a level that I think God doesn't want us to have to experience these things. I think of this oftentimes, again, it's back to that, like, parenting idea. Yeah,
1: but we're you know? taught these days that you're supposed to do positive reinforcement. This totally. Is, this is some major negatives. It is,
0: because it's thou shalt not. Exactly. Thou shalt not. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. hmm Absolutely. We are leaning more towards positive parenting now, but it's the same kind of thing that when you're talking to a kid and you're like, please don't lie to me. I get that you're going to because you've got to experiment with lying because that's part of development. Please don't lie to me because it makes me not trust you. Mm -hmm. And that creates a really crappy environment for all of us to be living in. Mm -hmm. So please don't lie. And they always lie about the silliest things, dumbest stuff, right? Something
1: for real to (laughs) lie about if you're going to
0: lie. (laughs) Don't say that on the air. They might actually listen and like. oh, fine. Mom said I can really practice. (laughs) I think that that's more along the lines of where God is coming from. I don't know. I mean, this could all be absolute heresy, what I'm saying. But it's how I feel about it. And it's what I've been teaching for years since this student looked at me with giant eyes, fearing for the souls of his family members. Oh, sure.
1: Well, and it always fascinated me that you go from the big ones, don't kill, don't commit adultery. Those seem pretty big, mm-hmm. pretty obvious, mm-hmm. civil society kind of things, mm-hmm. down to don't take the Lord's name
0: in vain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the they second the one. gamut. I know. Right. The second commandment is don't use God's name wrongly. <sighs> okay. So here's a way of thinking about this. Don't use God's name in a bad way. What if I am, I'm going to go out on a limb. What if I'm doing something? Just this week, I talked with someone who ran up against reparative therapy, which is Christian people who use God's name in order to try to pray the gay away. Oh, my. From individuals who are LGBTQIA. Uh huh. The damage and the harm and the trauma that is caused in the name of God. Okay, I see where you're
1: going with that. Yep. Right? that is evil.
0: And it's astoundingly evil. And so if we think about it in that kind of a term, like don't use the name of God in vain. Don't use God's name to further your own agenda of hate, anger, and violence. Don't use God's name in order to corrupt or to malign or to coerce Man, that commandment's getting
1: broken left, right, and center in today's society. Every single one of them gets broken Mm -hmm. left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. And it's all
0: (laughs) amplified on social media. Absolutely. Right. I think about it less as like, oh my God. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that, which I confess that now that I'm a professional Christian, when I hear that, I kind of, oh, wow, that's different. Mm -hmm. I don't say that anymore. I said it a lot as a kid, right? Yeah. Probably purposefully to make my people angry. But... I think it's less about that and more about that doesn't cause a permanent break in relationship. Like saying, Mm -hmm. oh, my God, or saying, God damn it, doesn't cause a break in relationship. What causes breaks in relationship are when you use the name of God in order to further your own personal private agenda. Mm -hmm. And you don't do it with some kind of theological underpinning that holds merit. Mm -hmm. So... That's one way to maybe think about that second commandment with some meat on it. Okay. What I find fascinating, and I really find it fascinating, that I haven't even mentioned this commandment yet, which shows which one I break all the time, and I'm really guilty of it. And I remember I was reading a Rob Bell book, the first Rob Bell book that I read, Velvet Elvis, back years ago when Mm -hmm. he first was publishing these, and he wrote about this and said it's the third commandment this comes before you shall not murder Mm -hmm. just so you kind of place this in perspective
1: we're all waiting with bated breath now take a day off (laughs) (laughs) is so not the one i thought was gonna happen
0: (laughs) okay self-care sabbath i think it's beyond self-care beyond self-care Sabbath is so much more than just self-care. Sabbath is less. Oh, it used
1: to drive my dad crazy when I would work at the movie theater on Sunday
0: Well, and I as don't, a teenager. I think for some traditions, it absolutely is a Sabbath day, right? It's Friday night to Saturday night. That's the traditional mm-hmm. Sabbath time. I think it's as much take a day of rest because it's not just you resting. hmm It's everything resting. Mm-hmm. It's the animals getting to rest. It's the earth getting to rest. It's the everything getting a chance to breathe and rest and be. It's kind of like Jubilee and this whole idea of Jubilee and releasing and returning things so that you're not holding on to everything so tightly for so long. But the idea of Sabbath rest to just release things and let them be. Yeah, I blow that. Mm -hmm. I totally blow that. And Sabbath rest doesn't have to be like sitting down and doing nothing but praying all day long. Mm -hmm. Sabbath rest is really, I think, about taking a day to wonder at the beauty of God's creation, Mm -hmm. to celebrate the blessings and the gifts that surround you, to be aware of your abundance, to be aware of the gifts you have to slow down and take a breath and actually find that space of gratitude and that space of hope again. And wow, do I blow that. (laughs) (laughs) I think we all do, especially in this particular
1: society in this particular country.
0: Right? I think we really do. And, Mm -hmm. And can we then not see the incredible cost of that? No. If we take a look at our culture then, And say, we suck at Sabbath. We suck at being grateful for what we have. We are awful at recognizing the abundance that we live in. We are terrible at letting anything or anyone rest and find wholeness and wellness and gratitude it certainly doesn't serve our gross domestic product if anyone is feeling grateful for what they have instead of frightened and scared and needing and all of those things. And mm-hmm. as long as we're continuing to need, to seek, to be productive every single hour of every single day, then the benefits and the money keeps You're rolling work, in. you work, work, work. You're going to buy, buy, buy. Holy moly, the damage that does... And the culture it creates, we can see it all around us. Mm-hmm. And so I am horrible at keeping Sabbath. I'm awful at it. It is not something that I do naturally. I feel guilty when I do it. Mm-hmm. which is Because it feels lazy. It feels lazy because that's what our culture has said. Our culture has said that being thankful, being restful, And being grateful is being lazy, isn't pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps. You get Thanksgiving, and that has its own issues. Right? It can't just be a weekly moment of gratitude and peace for being where you are. And the cost of that is tremendous. Mm -hmm. And I think, again, it goes back to this idea of the Ten Commandments are not these Don't do it. Don't do it. You have to do this and you can't do that. It's please. I love you. And your life will be so much richer and so much more joyful and filled with life and hope and community. If you keep a Sabbath, if you don't use my name to manipulate other people, if you remember that you are loved by a God of love, if you don't Break relationships and break covenant with people that you've made promises to in your life, right? It's all those things. They have a history. They've been used like hammers against people. Oh, totally. For centuries because we like to hammer each other with rules. But I don't think that that was how God intended them. I think that they can be beautiful gifts if we can unpack them. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of baggage attached.
1: Oh, absolutely. Okay, so that's three with a few Sidebars and extras.
0: (laughs) Well, what's left? Honor your father and mother, which I've mentioned. You shall not murder. I've mentioned. You shall not. I should be bringing up the honor thy father and mother Uh. way more than I do. (laughs) But then again,
1: I feel like I'm arm twisting and guilting somebody into something.
0: Don't really want to do that. Right. So, what's the downside of not honoring the people who created and gave you life? Well. I don't know. What are the breakdowns? I mean, I think that it's how most people seem to live these days. Well, I think it's also hard to figure out what does honor mean in this? What does it really mean to honor them? Because I don't necessarily need
1: a rose every day.
0: Right. And I think it's hard uh, when you get difficult dynamics within a family as well. Mm -hmm. You know, what do you say to, how do you say to a child who's grown up in a household, like, in our Lent Madness, we hear about Dymphna today who headed you know, beheaded by her father, right? And so how would she honor her father? And why should she? And honor? why should she? He was an abusive gentleman who did not deserve her honor. So what does it mean then to honor your father and mother? I don't know. That's a hard one too. But, oh, totally. But what's the downside of not honoring Your elders. You lose the opportunity to learn from them. Mm -hmm. You lose the opportunity to know where you're from. You lose the opportunity for connection. Again, it's breaking down of community when those relationships get severed. And I think that there's something intrinsic within us that we seek the approval Mm -hmm. of our biological parents. And there's something innate within us that is curious about the biological connection. And when we break that down or when that connection is disrupted, it causes a lot of heartache.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, then what? Number five? Five is you shall not murder. Well, We've talked okay. about that. Yeah. Six, you shall not commit adultery. Okay. Okay. Seven. And there's no gender attached to that one. That goes all no, ways. It goes all ways. Okay. You shall not steal. And this Again, wasn't, seems obvious. Right. But this was a good one that I did with the youth. And remember this is back in the early two thousands. So the Beginning of torrenting, BitTorrent, and downloading music. I was going to say, you got to go further with that reference because <laughs> for folks who don't know what exactly. that means. Like... Downloading music. Okay. Downloading music, stealing music. Like, mm-hmm. we were just getting to that point where CDs were starting to phase out and Apple products were coming in and we were starting to get all these digital downloads. Mm-hmm. And people were swapping songs and telling each other how to do it. more easily shared than having to make a mixtape. And not even just easily shared, but easily stolen. Mm. Mm -hmm. With the kids, I was talking about, well, have any of you downloaded a piece of music that you haven't paid for? And I'm like, well, yeah. And I'm like, okay. Think about how this goes. You've stolen that piece of music. But not only have you stolen that piece of music from the artist, now you've stolen the income that could go to pay the infrastructure that supports that artist. So at the end of the day, you've stolen from the janitor who cleans the studio. Mhm. You've stolen from the truck driver who drives the CD to the shop. You've stolen from the income of the person who works in the store to sell it to you. Right? So it's not just, oh yeah, I'm stealing a buck 50 from the artist. It resonates Mm -hmm. all the way down the line when we take advantage like that. Now, does that mean that I have never done that in my lifetime a single time? Well, I have certainly received mixtapes in my day Mm -hmm. and had CDs burned for me from friends. So I am as fully complicit in this kind of a thing. So it doesn't have to be that you've gone out and stolen a television, gone out and stolen a television or a Mm t-shirt, right? It can be these little things as well. That's, again, making these be a little more nuanced Mm -hmm. and recognizing the ripple effect down the line. Mm -hmm. All right. Number eight, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't be gossiping. (laughs) Don't (laughs) be telling lies. are so bad about that. Knock it off. You're so
1: bad about that. I'm looking at you Salem witch trials. (laughs) We've been bad about that for a long time.
0: Everybody's bad about that. Mm -hmm. And it can be as simple as... The term that my best friend uses that I really appreciate is narrativizing,
1: hmm.
0: which is when you don't actually know why someone might be angry at you, and so you supply it for them in your own head. You oh, create uh-huh. the narrative, Uh huh. but then you tell everyone that that's why they're angry at you. Even though you just don't know. Even though you don't know, but you totally believe that's why, because you've created this narrative. I believe that's what middle school is built on these <laughs> days. <laughs> for real. For real. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to break that habit once oh, yeah. it's really entrenched in your head. It's hard to break the habit of making the assumptions as to why people are angry or what people are thinking mm-hmm. or that person looked at me and then looked away and rolled her eyes. And it's because mm-hmm. she thinks that I. And really, she got a hair in her eye and was looking back and forward to try to figure out how to get the eyelash out of her eye, mm-hmm. right? And then we tell the story, well, did you know that so-and-so totally looked back at me and rolled her eyes and she's so judgmental and she's such a jerk? And There you go. You're breaking it down. You're breaking Mm -hmm. down the culture. You're breaking down community. So that's that false witness thing. Real easy. Real fast to do. And it's so fun to watch. There's (laughs) a
1: lot of reality television based on that
0: one, my friend. A ton of reality television based Mm -hmm. on that. And it doesn't have to be intentional. I am lying in order to get something. It, mm-hmm. It's a lot more insidious than that. All mm-hmm. All right. Nine is you shall not covet your neighbor's house. So that's the things one. And number 10 is you shall not covet your neighbor's wife or male or female slave or ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. But husbands, you go covet that all you want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As a teenager, that's all I could think of. <laughs>
0: That's funny. Yeah. So this is about the stuff. It's all the things. It's the stuff. And that's where 9 and 10 get divided up in different ways sometimes. But it's the stuff. Don't be looking over the Joneses fence and wishing for what they had and ignoring what you have. Mm-hmm. Doesn't build up. Doesn't help anybody. Doesn't serve. No.
1: And so many times we have more than we need. Yeah. Especially
0: in the United States.
1: Oh, absolutely. Any yeah. amount of good that we could
0: do but can't see the forest for the trees on. Yeah.
1: That's heartbreaking.
0: Absolutely. Okay. So these are all the things. that I think we've talked plenty about this. There's a lot more to talk about, you know, the different ways that these get used in our culture, the ways that they get abused in our culture. I think I'd love to just kind of leave it though on that. These are messages from a loving God that wants us to be in a culture that is hopeful and joy filled and knows enough when they experience enough and doesn't have to be a violent place or a place of anger or fear, and that these are the ways in which God thinks we can get there. Mm -hmm. So I want to leave that portion there. So I get to ask the last question this week. (sighs) Okay, hit me. (laughs) Sucker. (laughs) Last question. What is your favorite
1: pop culture reference to the Ten Commandments? So you said Prince of Egypt was one of yours. Yeah, probably. Which I have not seen mine however comes from mel brooks okay from history of the world part one Uh uh-huh and it's when he has moses juggling the three tablets (laughs) i have 15 and he drops one i have 10 (laughs) commandments still my favorite nice thank you mel brooks
0: very well done
1: well thank you pastor amanda for taking the time to help us learn a little more about the ten commandments I look forward to sitting down with you another day on another topic, and maybe someday we'll sit down and watch that movie together. Oh. That would be something. (laughs) I haven't actually seen it, I don't think. (laughs) We're going to do
0: it with lots of popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) With lots of butter on it. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you, and thank you all for listening in and for joining us today. It is wonderful to hear from you. You can reach out to us at podcast at centralportland.org by email write to us on our Facebook wall, or leave us a review on our iTunes page. It would be wonderful to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you no matter what.